Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Uh, LudiniRockandRollCircus.com is the website, and uh, just go there, pop your name and email in, and uh, never miss an episode. We've got about two interviews coming out every week now, and a full-blown music podcast with my uh, lovely and talented co-host, Miss Katie Simone. Uh, that is LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. Uh, for all your um, independent music needs, you definitely want to check that out. Um, I'd like to thank my sponsor, my longtime and long-suffering sponsor, Positively, Pittsburgh Live Magazine, uh, Pittsburgh's first internet radio, TV network, online community magazine, and business directory. Uh, it's a great place to listen and watch and download uh, uh, audio and video from the, uh, uh, that is created by the members of the community. It's a great community of uh, different people with a lot of different businesses, um, providing amazing content on all kinds of different subjects. It's a very cool place. Uh, you might want to even start your own magazine page there where you can do things like uh, upload your own videos in your own podcast like this one. That is Positively Pittsburgh Live Magazine, PPL Mag. Dot com. You want to check it out. <clears throat> now, I have Eddie Mann with us today. Eddie Mann is a musician, songwriter, worship leader, uh, teacher, speaker, coach, husband. He's like a jack of all trades. Probably is very good at all of them. So I know he's a fantastic musician and songwriter. I was just looking, listening to some of his music. Now, whether you know him as one or more of these people, you know his heart and you know his love for life. Uh, you know, his past has been uh, playful and colorful at times, but it's also been the constant uh, uh, in his vision. Um, it's always been a vision of hope, peace, and understanding through the eyes of a loving heart. Uh, uh, Eddie, welcome to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Hi, Lou. Joy to be uh, here. Great to have you, man. Um, so why don't we get like a little bit, I mean, I could sit here and read your whole bio, but why don't we like uh, take a step back here and why don't you kind of give us the sort of Reader's Digest uh, version about uh, how you got, because this is the Rock and Roll Circus, about how you got involved uh, uh, with music in the first place. I was uh, I was one of those kids who was struck in high school uh, with the bug, um, and uh, you know, like most guys, I was doing it to get girls. You know, you know, you get all the you're honest about it. You know, I just wanted to be up in front and play, swing the guitar around and get girls, and I was going to be a great guitar slinger. And uh, it it wasn't until the it wasn't until I had gotten into college, and I was actually in college uh, for business. And uh, after my second year, I realized that. Uh, I needed to get out on the road. I needed to be a musician. I needed to live that life to get it out of my system. Um, and uh, I realized at that point that it wasn't, I love the guitar. I love the instrument, but what got me out of bed every day was the creative process of writing music and writing songs. And, uh, so it all kind of came to a point uh, very quickly. And uh, I, uh, I spent a good 10, 15 years uh, traveling um, as a full-time musician. And when I met my wife, I kind of wanted my kids to 
to know what I look like. So um, <laughs> I, I, I made a, I made a conscious effort of trying to find something else in my life that I had a passion for because uh, you know you're in you're in you're in college now and you want to go out and play and travel and you don't anticipate you're not thinking it, really thinking too far ahead at least I wasn't I really wasn't focused on where I was going to be later in life and I found myself later in life without a passion for anything else and uh, fortunately for me I had a friend that was. Uh, he was going out on the road for a summer, short summer tour and asked me to take on his, his uh, students at a little conservatory uh, okay. over in New Jersey. And uh, I did that and I loved it. And uh, by, the end of that, by the end of that summer, um, I, had, uh, I had, was going back to school kind of part-time and, and, and to get a teaching degree. I wanted to teach. So I actually spent a, a small window of time when, when my children were very small um, uh, just teaching full-time. I actually put the guitar down for four or five years, and I just really wanted to be a dad. I was ready. I was really ready to be a dad and, 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 and enjoy that life. And uh, on the other side of it, you know, as, as, as life would have it, you know, the passion was still there, the love was still there. And uh, slowly but surely, I picked it back up and, and found myself right back in the thick of it again. <laughs> back into the thing. When you first started getting into music, what uh, what uh, artists uh, inspired you? Well, when I first well when I first picked it up, you know, I was you know being a guitarist thing. You're looking at Eric Clapton and Jeff Beck and mm-hmm. and uh, the forerunners of the guitar, you know. Um, and uh, you know, as as it moved on, and as as I realized what the draw was for me, I had to actually go back. I, I tried to go back and and, and uh, look at the rock poets, so to speak, to okay. uh, to to kind of educate myself. It was my own way of educating myself as to to uh, rock lyrics and the origins of them, and um, and to try to really uh, dissect the difference between uh, maybe a Bob Dylan approach to it, so not necessarily his approach to it. Trying to find out where where we where was it coming from um, to to uh, maybe Paul Simon, you know, Donald Fagan from Steely Dan. I would go through all these different uh, mm-hmm. guys that, that really wrote uh, from a different point of view musically and uh, lyrically. You know, some of them were much more schooled lyrically. You can't get any simpler than Dylan was in the beginning, um, at least from a musical standpoint. So I kind of did a little, I kind of schooled myself in, in, in composing that way. Uh, and I was brought up, well, I was brought up in a home that had, uh, more bebop jazz playing than anything else. My father was a pianist, had a quintet that played. and uh, So I always had music in the house and had a fairly wide variety of music. So um, when it came time to compose and start to write, you know, all that stuff kind of comes out. It's part of the fabric of who you are. So it's going to come out one way or another when you start, sit down and start to write. Um, when you... Um... Um, so you, so you, you were kind of, you took a break so to speak, like a long break and, you know, be, to, to like kind of be close with your kids, to be a, to be a school teacher. Um, so you get back into music, all right? And what, what do you start doing? Now, now are you, now this is, is this, at this point, have you, have you started getting into Christian music or, or not? I, when I first came back, uh, it wasn't a concerted effort to do that. Um, I was actually... Uh, truth be told, I was I was sitting in a teacher's lounge <laughs> in Southwest Philadelphia at a 
at a, a Roman Catholic school, and uh, I was not a baptized Roman Catholic. So when they would have uh, mass, I really wasn't invited. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was like a free time for me. Um, and uh, at this, so what I did was I would I was in this lounge this day, and I I wrote a psalm. I just wrote a psalm that day, and I had this little. You know, I just had this little moment where it just was, man, this, I would be doing this. And I said, <laughs> it, was, it was that simple. It yeah. really was that simple. And so I started, uh, I had a trio I was working with at the time. And, uh, you know, they were they were believers like myself. And we started to, I, I started to write more in that vein. And uh, little did I know, uh, a, a church... In the, in the Huntington Valley or Montgomery County, right out of Philadelphia, uh, it was an assistant pastor that had had an album of mine. Just loved the writing, loved the heart behind it, and uh, he asked me to come in and uh, become a worship leader at their church at a time when that that title really didn't have a description yet. There was now, no real okay, job. Put, put us put us <laughs> in place and time. You're like. Uh, where, about what era is this? Is this 70s, this is, 80s? This is, what is this? This is 2000. Oh, this is 2000. Okay. Yeah, this is this is 2000 now. And um, it, it's just kind of coming about. This is a massive change in, in music and churches. And churches are all dying. And they're trying to figure out how to get the younger, you know, the, the new families and, and uh, to come out. And um, I had free reign. I just, this guy gave me free reign to, to create a service. Um, <clears throat> that would, excuse me, reach, you know, young families. And uh, it was a really cool experience. You know, a lot of the things I did in my life were um, on the backside, kind of coming down the mountain at the end. The first uh, real band I played in was a guy named uh, Billy Harner, who had a couple hit singles in, man, way back when. By the time I played with them, you know, half the time I couldn't understand a word he was saying. He was shy. <laughs> now, uh, when so you I, were playing with him, were you like a like kind of a side man? Were you playing guitar primarily, and is that what you were doing? Is like a sort of a yeah, it was my first music? road gig. It was my okay, first that was road your first gig. Place. I was just, okay. yeah, I was just kind of a guitar. I mean, out of out of you know beyond beyond the local high school friend band. Yeah. Um, this was a paid road gig, and um, I got a call one night, and the band was going. Actually, the band was going up to Boston, someplace to play in Massachusetts, right around Boston, and uh, he had just fired a reed player. And I got this call, would you come up and, and play play guitar in a band? I said, well, you know, you work out the details, you work out the finances. I said, yeah. And uh, when I got there, they said, well, the new guy in the band always had a road, always had a uh, um, ride with Billy and room with Billy. Uh-oh. <laughs> little, little did I know what a harsh that was. No, oh, it sounds tough. I, I don't want to paint Billy as a bad guy. Billy was outstanding, friendly, and warm-hearted guy who was just on the other side and, and really had a, he, he would admit himself, I'm sure at this point, he had a, a, a bad battle with some drugs. With some okay. drugs and, um, so, but this was a young kid coming in, you know, so I learned a lot about what I didn't want to do in my life. <laughs> okay, um, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to be that guy. You know, I, I wanted to be somebody that was, uh, I, I'll just say a different person. <laughs> so so uh, I got you. So, so what, so when did you start making records? Oh, I'm going to say I had a I had a little run in uh, I, I think the late or early 90s or late 80s um, mm. in Philly with a band. 
um, just a popular local band here that did a couple things together. But I really, in, in 2000 was the first time that I, 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 I formally kind of did my project, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, hired my hired my guys on, did things my way, um, and uh, I followed that up in 2002 with the release. And uh, what happened was, right around the release of the 2002 is when I got the call from. Right after that, I got the call from this church, and uh, took on a full time position there as I was still teaching full time. Um, I don't know how I did what I did, but I. I was playing a lot, but I wasn't playing out. So there was a gap between 2002 and maybe 2006. Um, and uh, by the time you know 2006 came, it was time to kind of spread my wings a little bit. I was getting itchy to get out and play and travel and, and work with some different people. And I had been writing a lot for the church at that point. So I actually had uh, the next three or four albums I did were really more almost worship-type albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I found myself about a year and a half ago, I, had, I was just writing from a different place. I really wanted to get back into into secular rooms, into the marketplace, and I wanted to write these. I had all these songs built up, which was which ended up being the Dig Love album, and uh, those songs were not worship songs at all by any stretch of the imagination. Um, they're all songs with a positive theme because uh, I think I was just looking at the state of the world at that point. Um, and I wasn't someone who was going to write about the negativity that was in the world. I was going to try to, you know, just be the optimist, you know, on the other side, try to find, you know, where is the love in this world? Yeah. You know, when did we, when did we, how did we stray so far away from that, that, you know, we, we focus in on the one thing we don't have in common and forget about all the stuff that we do have in common. We'd yeah. rather argue and focus and let that separate us. So uh, it was a real natural thing. It wasn't uh, something that I specifically wrote down and said, I'm going to do this next. I feel like it wasn't, it was just very natural, just to kind of a seasonal change and who I was and how I was writing. So this was 2014. Now, you've got a new album coming out called The Consequence, right? Right, right. And, um, and is, this, is this track that we're going to listen to, uh, you, you Make Me Feel, is that on The Consequence? No, that's a single that's out right now from uh, from Big Love. Oh, okay, um, okay. Uh, the consequence, um, the consequence was just pushed back. I, I initially had that set uh, that was set for release uh, this late this summer, and um, in the process of, I, I still I still perform so many in so many different types of venues. Um, I found myself. I had three albums that had sold out. I had no hard copies left, uh, and they were worship CDs. And uh, what happened, long story short, rather than replacing all three, and I had, you know, because the worship songs, I, 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 I can't use the terminology hits. <laughs> yeah. My greatest hits, you know. But the, I chose the songs that were the most engaging, the ones that people asked for the most, the ones they enjoyed hear, mm-hmm. hearing and participating in. And and kind of made a, collab, a collection of those, and I'm releasing that uh, probably in September. Um, and then what I'll do is uh, I just pushed uh, the consequence back to uh, November. Okay, we're going to come back and talk about uh, some more about um, the upcoming record and uh, this. But let's go ahead. Let's give the uh, the kids at home a, a taste. Um, 
This is from uh, your 2014 release, Dig Love. Uh, you, you make me feel on the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Okay, Eddie, tell us a little bit about this song. Well, I think each one of us at some point in our lives find ourselves in a bad place. It might be, we may, we may just feel very small. We may feel insignificant, quiet, shy, weak, um, be in a dark place. And uh, when I wrote this song, I, I had quite a few, well, I don't want to say quite a few, but I probably had three or four close friends and or family that were going through this, this moment. And I started to reflect on the things in my life, either the places, uh, person, place, or thing that w- was always there to lift me up. Um, when, you know, there was a point when I was a, a younger man coming home and it could be a really, I could be stuck in traffic for four or five hours when I was teaching and I'd come home. All I wanted to do was sit on the floor and, and build Legos with my, with my youngest child. Um, you know, that was the kind of thing that would just kind of breathe life into me again. So the song really was a, a celebration of that person, place, or thing that makes you feel again, puts air back in your sails, just kind of gives some life when you feel, when you're numbed by the world. Because yeah. uh, this world does everything it can to pull us in the wrong direction most of the time. And there's just a lot of unhappy people, unsettled people. So uh, I, I like to live in a place in, that I that I know how to get myself out of uh, those places when I'm there. You're telling me that um, Dig Love has this sort of like overall theme of like, let's get back to love. You know, how did we get this so mixed up and everything? What is... What's the overall theme? Because the title, The Consequence, sounds pretty heavy, man. <laughs> what's, what's this record going to be about, man? I don't, you know, you're, like, you're not going black metal on me or anything, are you? <laughs> Actually, I'm going the opposite, you know. I find myself uh, going more more storytelling focus type of stuff, which I have, okay. I've, never really, I've never really done. I've never really been in that box, and I never set out to do it. Um, but I think what happened was, you know, Dig Love was just very positive, very up-tempo. And uh, I found, again, you know, seasons change and you find yourself in a different place. And I found myself writing about um, places that were a little bit darker, but once again, how the power of love could could get you through it. And uh, I'd I, like, for instance, I, I would write, I wrote a song called Storm in a Teacup. And... Uh, and I'm playing it in my studio. I'm kind of working on it. And my wife comes down and says, that's not about us, is it? <laughs> I said, no, no. I said, but, you know, I said, sit down and listen to these lyrics and, and hear what I'm thinking about here, you know, because we've had down times in our marriage. I said, maybe not as dark as this particular lyric in the song is. But I said, you know, it's, it's the power of love that gets us through through those dark times. So yeah. I said, you know, I, I didn't, it was time to say, okay, you know, there's a consequence to our actions. We can we can kind of sway the consequence a little bit by our actions mm-hmm. when we when we get involved in things in our life, conversations, problems, whatever it is. Um, we can kind of sway how it's going to come out by our actions, by the way, how we act and how we react. And if we come in with a with a, a more loving, compassionate heart, <laughs> chances are we can maybe sway it to a better ending point. And that was really the thought process behind. Um, behind writing it, once I had, you know, once I, uh, I had that in mind, I found out that I had an enormous amount of material that kind of fit right in that pocket. 
So um, I, I mean, when I when I did Big Love, I'd go out and and I'd be on a bill with you know maybe some guy would be up singing some blues and someone else, and I'd go up there and I'm like that, that you know the happy troubadour. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, rise up! You got to rise up about this. Seize the moment. Embrace the hour. I'm saying, you you make me feel so good again. And I'm you know so I thought yeah, man I can't just be the I got to put my pom poms down and, and get dirty a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean I I think that there is. That and it's sort of how you approach it, you know, um, you know. Uh, but I, but I think also that is a sort of breath of fresh air, too, for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like I, I you know, like nothing you you do, in my opinion, is like sappy. You know, like I don't well, really no, hear no. that. Like you know <laughs> what I mean? Like so, like so, it's not like you know, it's just kind of like a breath of fresh air. It's kind of like an other side of things done in a very musical, tasteful kind of way. Um, now you saw we're talking about you mentioned going out and playing shows. Let's tell, we talked a little bit before we started the call. Tell us a little bit about the, your uh, your live show. It, it, it's about three or four, maybe three out of four of of the live shows I'm doing right now are solo events without my band. Um, and uh, I had not until Big Love. I hadn't done a lot of that. I always had a backing band with me. And uh, when I started doing Big Love. Um, there were just a lot of opportunities to do some different things, to travel more. Uh, I couldn't afford to bring the band sometimes. Sometimes right. the venues were too small. There's always all these other you know, decisions that you go through. And I mm-hmm. found myself, uh, as I worked as a, as a soloist, um, becoming much more a conversationalist with the audience. Um, there's, there's, I, there's a tendency to, to play more and talk less when you have a full band up there. And uh, I, I, that's been very beneficial, especially with, with the type of material I was doing. And, uh, you know, the, I, I mean, I joke about it being up and up, and, but, but the, the topics themselves and the songs are very serious. Yeah. Some people do have issues just rising up above all the problems that they have in their life. And some people are so insecure that they just can't embrace the opportunities that come their way. And uh, there's a song on there, There's a Lot of Me and You, which just looks at the fact that, you know, this guys singing I'm different and you just got to you got you got to deal with it because I'm just going to roll with it it's who I am you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's still you know we still have so much in common so uh, it lended itself to that um, obviously uh, most musicians if, if you got a good band you love playing with them and I love my guys yeah um, my guys have been unbelievably well, supportive so I, so give them a shout out Who, who's in the band uh, my, my, uh, my bass player is Andrew Barber and Andrew's been with me for a good six to eight years. Uh, he's a talented uh, bassist and guitarist. Uh, also has does a little worship reading on his own. Um, my uh, guitarist right now, my second guitarist working with me is a man named Mike Lazinski, uh, Luther studio producer, a great guy up in the, in the Jersey area here, New Jersey um, area. Got a small studio up there. Michael has, uh, Michael and I are, have a, a we're wired very close together. There's a there's a, a very special brotherhood between us when it comes to playing, um, and that's uh, always important when you've got a second guitarist in the band. You know, yeah. Uh, my drummer's been with me probably the longest. He's been with me over 20 years. He's been back even the days when I was a full timer. He was he was with me back there. His name is Michael Fioka, and uh, I also have a second every drummer, Kevin uh, Kevin Smith, who fills in when Michael can't be there. Uh, so the band is 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 uh, just a, a a good brotherhood of guys that have been through we've been through the wars together you know we know what it's like to 
to uh, to uh, to struggle, and we know what it's like to kind of celebrate the moment. You know, when everything seems to be lined up. Um, but they always take. I allow my band a lot of freedom to express themselves. So of course, uh, I'm not the kind of person that really enjoys playing the song the same twice. Okay. Um, they're they're for me the songs are just like our kids when they grow up. They're constantly changing mm. and morphing into something else. And for me, that's how the songs are uh, every time we play them. And uh, it takes a talented musician to be able to to work as a backup player in that environment. Uh, but it also takes uh, some time together to grow, um, to some time to not only play on the stage together, but kind of play off the stage together, kind of hang out together and, and socialize and just get to know each other. So um, they're really awesome with that. I was telling someone the other night, I said, like, a lot of times right now, since I'm not getting a chance to play with them as, as, as often as I'd like, I'll come in with something new, just something they haven't heard yet. And it always kind of freaks them out. You know, they get an email with a, you know, a, a set list and then might be a little guide chart with it. And we'll play it and sound check. You know, we'll we'll play it and sound check. And if it flies, man, we'll do it that night. And it's always yeah. got a ton of it's got a ton of energy. It's brand new. Everybody's kind of feeling the buzz with it. And, and if it doesn't fly, you know, we'll, we'll replace it with something else. But it'll we always do it. You know, I, I always <laughs> I, I always put it in there, man. So and there's, well, you know, there's always. When you play with guys consistently for a long period of time, like you have, um, you know that's a lot easier to do than working like when if you're playing with like a pickup band or you know. So when the guys know you, they kind of well we know Eddie's going to go here. We, he kind of tends to do this. They understand your dynamics and stuff like that. So that makes that kind of thing really fun. So that, yeah, there's, so. there's a, a great a great benefit to spending a quality time with your people and and yeah. as you said, doing it for a, a period of time. Yeah. Uh, so tell so tell the kids at home uh, how they can keep up with everything Eddie Man, everything you've got going on. You've got the greatest hits coming out of your worship uh, music. You've got the new record coming out this fall. People don't want to miss anything. So tell us uh, uh, how we can uh, stay abreast of what you have. Uh, number one is always the website, eddieman.com. It's E-D-D-Y-M-A-N-N. Uh, it can be found on Facebook at eddieman.musician. And uh, the Twitter hand Twitter handle is uh, Eddie underscore Man. Well, there you have it, guys. That is how you keep up with uh, Eddie Man. Uh, Eddie is a uh, just a fantastic uh, singer songwriter, and I would highly recommend also that you guys check him out on YouTube. There's some dynamite uh, live stuff there with his band, and uh, just a great bunch of players. A lot of uh, communication on the stage. You can kind of see that these guys are really vibing together. So I would highly recommend that you find him on uh, on uh, YouTube as well. That is Eddie Man E D D Y M A N N dot com. Uh, Eddie, thanks so much for, uh, for for being with us today. If you got a second, I'd like to do a bonus question after we wrap up the podcast. You got a minute? Absolutely, Lou. I'm not going anywhere. No, all right, buddy. All right, hey guys, you've been listening to my talk here with the uh, the very uh, talented and just absolutely. Uh, a beautiful songwriter, Eddie Mann. Uh, again, his website is eddieman.com. That is uh, uh, M-A-N-N.com. You've been listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. That is ludinirockandrollcircus.com. If you love artists like Eddie Mann, and I know you do, um, and you're, you've been grooving on this, I, you know, I recently talked to Ed Roman, uh, Vaccine the Manimals, 
uh, Ty Floyd Rosie, all these bands that are just making this amazing music that corporate radio just doesn't want anything to do with. If you, if you really believe in this music, I highly recommend you go to supportindyrock.com and get involved with the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. We've got a lot of great programs uh, that we are excited about to launch to uh, get the word out about this amazing music. That is supportindyrock.com. Uh, one more shout-out to my sponsor, Positively Pittsburgh Live Magazine. That is pplmag.com. Go check them out. And like I said, you are listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. My name is Lou Lombardi, and that website is ludinirockandrollcircus.com. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, Eddie Mann, that is eddiemann.com, and we will catch you guys on the next podcast. Okay, Ed, you ready? Yes. All I'm right. ready. Now we're going to get down and dirty. <laughs> I'm <just kidding. laughs> um, I, you know, we, we, I did several things. I, I think I'll just go with this one here. Um, with the um, guitar playing, like, you know, you know, you obviously are a very good guitar player. Do you do you play lead or or is that primarily now the the uh, what your other guitar player does and you stick mainly with rhythm and and if so do you miss rocking out on the electric? I play all the guitars on my albums. Oh, so on the albums you do all the guitars, okay? Yes, and live it varies. Uh, the Dig Love album the 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 dates that we've done for that the short tours we've done with that i've played almost almost all acoustic uh the consequence i'll be playing a lot of electric uh it's just uh i miss it i i do miss it live <laughs> i miss the energy and yeah. uh but i think again what i as, as i said earlier when when dig love came out and i found myself playing a lot more quieter venues i was playing a lot of solo events and it uh, I, I got real friendly doing it with acoustic guitar, and I got real comfortable with it. And uh, it was a great season, but, you know, 16 months into it, man, I'm raring to go. It's, after doing all the recording <laughs> on uh, The Consequence, <laughs> it's just I want to fire up. I want to hear the hum of the amp again. Yeah, you're ready to rock. Um, what is that acoustic you play, man? That's a, is that, that's a Martin, right? Yeah, that's a funny story. I traveled around with, a, with a, what they call a little Martin. Uh, for years, it was my backup acoustic, and uh, at Soundcheck one night, um, I, I played it. Uh, I was getting my my regular acoustic or my regular Martin was being uh, restrung, so I, I played this little Martin, and it fit perfectly in the mix live, um, the live mix. Um, I just loved where it sat. It didn't have to fight for space, and uh, I ended up trying it when I did the solo gigs and. Uh, Initially, the first generation of those little Martins, the wood on top was very thin. They didn't have much body to the much, much bottom end. Uh, but the second generation, they put real, a nice, really thick piece of wood on the top of the, car, the top of the guitar. So I had a lot of much more EQ range. And uh, so now, basically, I travel with uh, with two more. I bought a I bought a backup for the backup. <laughs> of course. <laughs> And, and I traveled this almost, you know, for 16 months or so supporting Dig Love with, with the two Little Martins. And uh, they've been great. I'll continue to use them. When I, even when I go back to Electric, I'll be continuing to travel with at least one of them. Uh, yeah. It, for it, the it, I really like them. It's really kind of, like, cool because, like, um, it, it's, you're right. It fits, it's, it sits in the mix real nice because I was watching your, you know, different live uh, recordings and I'm like, boy, that just works so well uh, with the music you play. So 
Cool, man. Well, I think that's, that's awesome. Having a small body size, I mean, I got a fairly small body frame. Helps. I don't. I don't dwarf it too much. Yeah. You know, if I if I was a much bigger guy, I think it would it would it might dwarf it too much. It may not look right. <laughs> like but a I toy. To, <laughs> yeah, I, I seem to be able to pull it off, and you know, I, I've sold at least probably two or three dozen of them for for Martin. So of course they don't need my help, but um, <laughs> an enormous amount of people have have come up at live shows and asked, you know. Is that stock? Is everything in there that you know? <laughs> the only thing my tech has changed. The only thing my tech has changed is the uh, input jack on the back. We had to make them a little bit more resistant since since I was traveling around a lot on them. So oh yeah, yeah, kind of kind of rigged that up a little bit. I I don't know, man. Like you got me thinking now because like I have a uh, I have a uh, HD28 which I love, and but I'm looking. Mm-hmm. I was listening to that guitar. I'm like man, man, I want to get one of these. <laughs> uh, make that thirty. Make that thirty-seven. <laughs> Put a good word in for me, Martin. <laughs> hey, um, Ed, before we a couple things before we get out of here, uh, could you do a uh, could you do a tag for me? Could you say this sure. is Eddie Mann and you are listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus? Could you do that for me? Uh, absolutely. I will count you in. In five, four, three. Hi, this is Eddie Mann, and you're listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. That's that, that's fantastic. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna end the call, but I want uh, but I want to get your uh, physical address so I can send you a CD of this. Well, you'll Absolutely. get an MP3 and it'll go up on the internet and everything. But I'd like to send out a CD. Just just a second here. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.